Love it or leave it is brought to you by Noom. Nowadays, most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. The good thing about Noom is that it uses the latest and proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs and take into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. Noom helps you build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. Stay focused on what's important to you. With Noom's psychology and biology-based approach, sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100% healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Welcome to Love It or Leave It, Clip Show Edition. The team is taking a much-needed break before we head out on the road for the tour and if you give us even the slightest bit of shit for taking one fucking week off you can go stuff it honestly we do so many shows we do them we do so many in honor of pride this episode is going to be a compilation of some of the best gay mayhem the show hath wrought on this still shockingly straight rock we all live on gay means gay but it also means happy so we hope you're at least one kind of gay while you listen first up the gay old Venn Diagram with Will Rollins. Gays and old people have lots in common. Some people can actually be gay and old, but that sounds like a fate worth... (laughs) I'm not saying this. Come on, people. (laughs) A fate worse than death. Jesus. And one I'll hopefully never know. Come on. Enjoy. Palm Springs. The hotbed of hotbeds. Literally. It's in the middle of the desert. (laughs) Basically sleeping on the sun. But it's also home to a thriving gay community. And tonight's next guest, he's a House candidate for California's 41st District. Please welcome Will Rollins. Hi, Will. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. It is great to be here. How you doing? Great. I'm disappointed that I have to follow that revelation about Marilyn and Jackie O, though. I didn't no, know it was going to do that. It's obviously people don't know that that happened, but it did happen. Uh, so, uh, Will, thank you for being here. First, I think that the story of what's happening in this district is actually very interesting because it has to do with redistricting and all of a sudden a Republican politician realizing that he has to um, change what he thinks uh, because his district incorporated a new clientele, as it were. Can you just tell people what the story of what's happening in the 41st district in California, which was a very conservative district until recently? Yeah, so this was a Trump plus seven district in October of 2021 when I launched redistricting, seven-point gain in registration for Democrats, picked up Palm Springs, Rancho Mirage, Palm Desert, La Quinta. Um, And of course, Palm Springs being in the district, one of the most LGBTQ-friendly cities in the United States, and uh, caused a big change in Calvert's position on our issues. So you're you're an openly gay candidate running against a known homophobe, Ken Calvert, who has attempted to scrub his historical opposition to LGBTQ issues, repeatedly voting against queer rights during his 30-year career. At one point, his campaign even outed one of his opponents as gay by sending pink mailers describing his San Francisco values. Calvert conveniently voted in favor of marriage equality this summer after Palm Springs became part of his district. Question for you, where does this motherfucker get off? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's bullshit. It's a bullshit evolution, right, that he claims to have had. This is a guy who voted just 14, 16 months ago against the Equality Act, which was a law designed to prevent gay people from being fired for being who they are, from being kicked out of their homes for being who they are. And you know, for the first time in his history, three decades in Congress, he has a pro-LGBTQ vote. So I think voters are going to see through that crap for what it is. 
And Calvert has also taken these anti-choice stances, right? Can you talk a little bit about where he is on choice? Yeah, so this is a guy who, in 1995, already voted for a national abortion ban, with no exceptions to save the life of a woman. Um, it's a guy who joined the lawsuit to overturn Roe versus Wade. It's a guy who voted to allow child predators to sue to prevent the victims from getting an abortion. So some of the furthest to the right positions you could possibly have on this issue and a real threat to women's freedom over their own bodies. Let me ask you this. Have you been to the Trixie Motel? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> That's cool. Have you met Trixie? No, I wish I have not. I've Neither done a selfie I. there, but that's it. That's cool. Has Calvert done a selfie at the Trixie Motel? <laughs> no, but I would love to see him there. <laughs> and just fully embracing that he has to completely become a different person, just full drag. Yeah, he has been campaigning in drag recently, but um, <laughs> I don't think so. It's, it's not working for him. And just to keep people, because I think people would want to know, um, which of the two of you is the one that's been endorsed by Trump? <laughs> that would be Ken Calvert. <laughs> You were running in a plus seven Trump district, and then all of a sudden there was this redistricting, and suddenly you have a real shot. Like, what is the actual makeup right now of the district? Like, what's, what's going to happen? You, you got a shot at this thing? We got it. We, we just we fucking got, around here. No. <laughs> well, we're also fucking around, but yeah. <laughs> um, we got a real shot at flipping this seat. And I mean, yeah. I saw Nancy Pelosi and a lot of people, like, all of a sudden, all of a sudden there was this redistricting, and all of a sudden you have like, Big Democrats coming in trying to help. Like, Calvert's in trouble. He's in trouble. And it's because I think part of what's resonated with people is the story of this race. And I got into it. I spent five years as a federal prosecutor here in the Central District, specialized in counterterrorism and counterintelligence cases, got into it after January 6th, after helping prosecute some of the people who attacked the Capitol and seeing what Calvert responded to with that. It was... While we were responding in federal law enforcement, he's voting to decertify, voting against a commission to investigate the attack, and then calling for dropping charges even after it became clear that five police officers had died as a result of that. And so Republicans who are still moderate, and there are some in my district, and independents do not like people who are critical of you know, and want to call for dropping charges against people who assaulted cops. And he just said a couple weeks ago that the FBI is infiltrated by rot. And so... With 90,000 no-party preference voters in the district, this is a real shot for the party to flip the seat, especially now that Democrats outnumber Republicans in the district as well. Yeah. Should I give the tram a try? Yes, the tram's great. It's, it's cold it's, up there. It's high up. What if we're afraid of heights? It's, it's does, cold. Does it feel safe on the tram? I've felt safe, yeah. Sort of a little bit of a dodge. <laughs> Reasonably. Yes. Of course, Palm Springs isn't all gay people. It's also old people. And maybe even some old gay people. Look, we understand that as somebody running for Congress, you're going to appeal to both groups, which is why we want to help with a game we're calling Old Gay Venn Diagrams. <laughs> Here's how it works. We're going to give you a gay hint and an old hint, and you have to figure out what both hints are about. Do some of these barely comport with the spirit of, let alone the actual rules of Venn diagrams? Let's find out. All right. First up, something you get at Jack in the Box. That's for the old people. Something you were handed by a guy named Jack at a club called The Box. You have any guesses? Uh, number two? Uh, it's poppers. The answer was poppers. We were looking for poppers. Next up. I thought number two was pretty good. It was fine. It was good. You're doing great. 
We have something old people yell that causes young people to roll their eyes. And we have something that gay people yell that causes straight people to roll their eyes. What is it? Sean Mendes? Oh, that's close. <laughs> that's close. The correct answer was, no one goes to the theater anymore. <laughs> Next up. You're doing terribly, by the way. <laughs> Next up. Again, this man may be in Congress. Uh, and he will be in Congress. I got you. I know how to do it. I was a speechwriter. Next up, what old people do to stay on top, what gay people do to stay on bottom. Any guesses? Viagra? High fiber diet. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. And finally. I'm, I'm trying to be really accurate. You're, with you're doing great. You're doing great politically. You're not winning the game, but you're winning the larger game, the game of politics. Final Venn diagram. Oops, you didn't realize how early it is versus oops, you didn't realize how late it is. Ooh. West Hollywood? Calling someone at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but West Hollywood, we, we, you know what? We're going to give it to him for West Hollywood. Give us a ding, Malcolm. <laughs> Thank you so much to Will Rollins. Everybody, check uh, uh, where, where can people go to help and volunteer, especially people here in L.A. if they want to help out with your campaign? WillRollinsForCongress.com. Donate, sign up to volunteer. We're in the home stretch, people. That's right. 39 Will days. Rollins, everybody. You know, we didn't know how that game was going to go, and it was messy, but we did have fun, which is gay dating in a nutshell. And speaking of nuts I'd like to date, here's one I totally wouldn't. Matt Rogers, Brad Turbo. March Madness is upon us, and the excitement is palpable. All week, Team Love It or Leave It was abuzz with the unanswered questions of this year's tournament, like, March Madness, that's college basketball, right? <laughs> <laughs> and wait, how many players are on a basketball team? We found out that the answer is 13, with only five players on the court at a time. But that only raised more questions, like, do the other players get sad? Are they allowed to read a book? Do they have to watch? Here to help us get to the bottom of the unknowable mystery that is March Madness, please welcome masculinity expert and returning guest, it's Brad Turbo, everybody. Hey, Brad. Good to see you, Brad. John, my man, you're looking very high testosterone tonight, buddy. Oh, th okay, thank you. Come here, let me smell you. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That's a high tea musk. That's intoxicating, baby. You've been knocking back some eggshells? Have I been eating eggshells? Yeah. No, Brad, not on purpose. Oh, you're leaving testosterone on the table, brother. Listen, a year ago, I was like you, okay? I was just chugging six raw eggs first thing every morning. I am never do. I don't do that. But then, guy at the gym showed me this YouTube video. Turns out, the eggshells were all the real health shit's at. You can straight up throw the rest of the egg away. I know some guys like to blend their shells up in a smoothie, which I guess is fine if you're a fucking pussy. <laughs> I like to put those big bad boys in a big old rusty bowl and crunch on them like Pringles while I'm doing research for my paleo slash pickup advice podcast, Meat Boner. It's a paleo slash pickup advice podcast called, what is it? It's called Meat Boner, John. Wow, so much to unpack there. <laughs> But I do. Listen, wherever you get your podcast. You can, it's on, yeah, Stitcher. Is it on Stitcher? It's for sure on Stitcher. It's always Everything's on, St on Stitcher, baby. <laughs> it's 2023. Anyway, I do want to ask you about March Madness before mm. you drop dead of eggshell poisoning. Yep. I assume the following, uh, it says here, NCAA Division I's men's basketball tournament. Uh, in a word, fuck yeah, J-Dog. <laughs> fuck yeah. I've been rock hard since the first four. <laughs> Gross. But okay. Mm. 
Listen, thank God for March Madness, John. It's a beacon of masculinity in a dark, yassified world. <laughs> a breath of dank air after the manhood-withering crucible of award season. Why would Lady Gaga make me look at her in jeans and no makeup, John? How does she expect a red-blooded American male to jerk off to that? Glam it up, honey! <laughs> A little confusing. So it does sound like you watched the Oscars. No, no, no. It was playing at the warehouse where I go to throw truck tires at pictures of Alaska talks. Okay. The TV was broken or something. <laughs> anyway, the death of masculinity is the biggest threat this country faces. So yeah, I watch college boys play basketball like it's my damn job. As someone who hasn't watched a single second of March Madness, let me ask you this. What do you like about it? What's the appeal? Well, I like finding out which team will completely dominate and humiliate all the other teams, obviously. And I like that they're all really tall. It's like, oops, all alphas. <laughs> that, I guess that makes sense. Plus, sometimes I like to pick one of the teams, Princeton, for example, and imagine that I'm on the team and that those guys are my friends. Huh. Okay, okay. Okay. I imagine that we're all in the locker room, maybe getting undressed or whatever, and I just told an awesome joke, and everyone's laughing so, so hard. One of them, I don't know, sophomore Blake Peters, <laughs> slaps my back, and then he kind of leaves his hand there. So it's just his warm arm against my back, and I'm like this core beloved part of the group, you know? Just one of the guys. Uh, also, it's sick when they show the cheerleaders because some of those bitches are hot. Brad Turbo, that was so vulnerable and so honest. What? No, it wasn't. I like watching the ball go in the hoop. Did you know I can fix a car engine with my teeth? Brad, it sounds like you're a little lonely. No way, John. Loneliness is for unmarried women, fat asses, the lesbian Eminem, and dogs whose owners have gone to war. <laughs> Men can get horny, homicidal, sometimes a horny-sidal combo. The American Royale, I call it. But we don't have the hormone that makes loneliness. Speak for yourself, Brad. Is You're such a beta, John. Is it possible? Sure I am. Okay. Fine. Call me that. Brad, is it possible that Marsh Madness... Have you seen Tar yet? <laughs> Have you yet seen Tar? Brad Turbo, thank you for asking, and I understand why a masculinity expert would want to know if I've seen Tar yet. Just I do to, too. Just to find out how not masculine I am, just yeah. to provide a baseline. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's hard to oh find three God. hours... <laughs> I, can I tell you something, Brad Turbo? Why? I literally didn't go to an Oscar party because I was afraid people would find out. <laughs> I literally stayed home and watched it by myself because I didn't want people to know. I'm so embarrassed. I have to watch Jar. When are people watching movies anymore? I got one episode of Survivor in me and then I'm out like a fucking light. Oh, Survivor's really good this year, by the way. I'm not on this season yet. I'm 12 seasons behind. Chill the fuck out. I'm oh, not wow. going to watch the current season because I like watching the show evolve over time. All right. Go back to your little routine. Is it <laughs> Brad, speaking of March Madness, is it possible that March Madness gives you some space for emotional catharsis? All that winning and losing and hope and disappointment, does it maybe let you feel some feelings that you otherwise have to hold in 
to meet some crushing, outdated model of masculinity? No. I don't have any feelings. I got rid of them to make room for protein. You must... <laughs> You must have seen that Arkansas player who was crying after his team beat Kansas. I didn't see any of the game, and it was still pretty moving. Doesn't ring a bell, but it sounds pathetic. I think we have a clip. No, 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 no. Put in a lot of work. Oh, no, it's crazy. I feel good. I'm glad we came out with the win. What makes you tear up? What are you thinking about? Just put in the work. This team is struggling, and we, we figured it out. And I'm glad we did at the right time. And hopefully we continue to do it. You earned it. You enjoy every second of this, young man. Thanks. Congratulations. Come on, Brad Turbo. That must make you feel something. I've never felt anything. <laughs> he should be ashamed of himself. An adult man crying just because he beat the top-seeded team and made it to the Sweet 16 against all odds. Just because he and his best friends worked together to accomplish the impossible. Grow up! Channel those feelings into lifting weights or building pipe bombs. Brad. Brad, you're clearly crying. No, I'm not! These aren't tears, it's cum. I just have so much because of my supplement regimen. Sometimes it backs up and leaks out my eyeballs. Okay, sure, that's way less embarrassing than crying. God forbid you were crying, it's cum. Any final thoughts? Brad Turbo on March Madness, a thing I now understand perfectly. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, the men of America, John. It's going to rule. That's what I tell all the basketball fans on my fans page. Your what page? Yeah, it's more of a community. And you know it's legit and cool because you have to love basketball because it's only for fans. Uh, so you have an OnlyFans? No, it's a basketball thing! I give people workout tips and do workouts and take off my clothes and talk about basketball players' physiques and wiggle my toesies. Well, that's, that's masculine in a way, I guess. People just love how manly I am and I love how it feels to be seen, okay? And what is toxic masculinity if not a performance? Drag for straight men who still watch Family Guy. I never had one good conversation with their dads. You know you're gay, right? Oh, yeah. Brad Turbo, everybody. Subscribe to Meat Boner and bonus episodes every Wednesday on Meat Boner Plus. Thank you so much. Matt Rogers, everybody. Everybody, listen to Lust Culture Eases. Come on. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. Emmy Award-winning comedian John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. March into spring with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered 500 megabits internet for $39.99 per month, plus a $100 gift card and price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with a free modem, free installation, and free Wi-Fi your way home. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and manage user access for all connected devices with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires May 6, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. 
This podcast is brought to you by Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Americans United defends your freedom to live as yourself and believe as you choose so long as you don't harm others. Core freedoms and even democracy itself rest upon the wall of separation between church and state. While Christian nationalists are attacking these freedoms, seeking to force us all to live by their narrow beliefs, Americans United is fighting back. Freedom without favor and equality without exception. Learn more about AU's work at au.org slash crooked. That's au.org slash crooked. Ooh boy, he needs therapy. Want to know who else makes me go ooh boy, but with an entirely different tone and tenor? Olympian and someone two people online said I had electric chemistry with. Come on, Brian. Jesus. I never read these before. Gus Kenworthy. Here we are, two peers ranking sports on the Kinsey scale. The body of an Olympian, the mind of a champion, beloved by Americans for his physical skill and incredible athletic prowess. My next guest is also pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Olympic medalist and more importantly, co-star of American Horror Story 1984, Gus Kenworthy. Hi. Hi. Thank you for being here. How are you? Um, thank you so much for making me go after that. That was. It's gonna be fine. That was wild. That um, was that was wild. She did a great job. I love um, her. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. So this is gonna be a segment where we're trying something new, and this is gonna be called uh, 10 Mostly Easy Questions for Gus Kenworthy." Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. First, what's up with you? What's up? What's happening? What's next? Oh, just in life in general. Yeah. Um, that's the easy one. Thanks uh, for the thank you for the softball. Um, yeah, yeah. I am trying to pursue acting like everybody here in LA, but I've been taking class. I've been auditioning. I'm excited about it. I feel like I'm kind of at the beginning of a new chapter, which is exciting for me. I was skiing before and feel like I had like kind of reached the top of my career and gone as far as you can go in something. And so it's exciting to now be really back at the beginning. <laughs> Um, how difficult did you find it to be set on fire for your new reality TV show, Special Forces, World's Toughest Test? You know, that was one of the easier things oh. that they had us do. Really? Yeah. I mean, they like, we like went back to the sort of staging area where they're like covering us in like KY jelly, basically. And I was like, wait, what is happening? I was like, Danny Amendola, where are you? <laughs> but yeah, no, that, then they let us on fire. <laughs> are those real glasses or just for fun? They're real glasses. Yeah. I wear them when I drive. I drove here. Um, next question. To what degree are you aware that your ability to access non-queer spaces is predicated on your handsomeness? I would say that I definitely have a privilege in that I probably come off, well, as I've crossing my leg looking like a complete faggot, but I, <laughs> I, I probably come off straight in a lot of situations, and I was able to lean on that in my ski career and growing up in a small town, and I, I understand that that's like its own form of privilege and a lot of queer people can't lean on that so some people are like forced to be out at a really early age and that can be really difficult depending on the environment that you're in and I had my own difficulties being in the closet but I also didn't have that difficulty where people were assuming I was gay oh that's interesting what about that Colt guy he's living in the valley <laughs> um, who was the first boy you saw that made you go like oh no I feel like it's embarrassing because he hasn't aged well. Wow. But I, I watched TRL before school with my brother, and I was, like, pretty into Carson Daly. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I, I understand that completely. And Carson, if you're watching, I'm sorry I said that. You aged fine, and I still would do it. <laughs> and that's so important. Uh, you can only eat one meal forever. What is it? Oh, sushi. 
sushi. Okay, I think you'll get sick of it. I, honestly, and I might. Do you go to the Cheesecake Factory? Sometimes. What do you get? I fill up on their bread. They yeah, the, the bread's bread. real good. It's really good. I don't know. I like pasta. I feel like the one thing I don't get there is cheesecake. Oh, that's stupid. Do you? Yeah. Does yeah. everybody? Is that a thing? Am I fucking up? Is that a thing? It's famous for it. I know. Obviously, to my it's earlier like the rule, name, it's in the name. If, if a restaurant is everywhere and has a food item in a name, that food item rules. Do you get olives at the Olive Garden? Wow. Jesus, coming wow. for me. Wow. I am murdered. I am dead. <laughs> Call it in. I've been murdered by Gus Kenworthy. God, that gay witch. gay crime. That witch was right. All right. <laughs> the psychic foresaw this. Yeah, they told me. I couldn't believe it. Here it is. It's funny. She said, you're going to get murdered by Gus Kenworthy. And I was like, should we cancel? Huh. And I was like, no. <laughs> keep, him on, keep him on the schedule. Literally, that's like all my DMs are asking. It's like, will you murder me? I'm like, I mean, Yeah, I think that, that's probably what they mean. On a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what they mean. Do you get a lot of DMs asking for you to murder them? Yeah. Like, I, I do. Actually, I value the really creative ones. Like, it's all thirst. I mean, a lot of them are like, I hate you. And I'm like, whoa, coming at a, an angle. But I'm like, still delusional. I'm like, they're into me. Um, <laughs> but then some of them are like, you could run me over with your car. And I'm like, looking at the profile. I'm like, and I will. <laughs> I hit two people on the way here. I didn't put the glasses on. <laughs> if you could be a world-class athlete in any other sport, what would it be? The one that interests me that I think would be fun would be diving. I feel like I like, would be good at it and would like it. But in terms of like the life that it gives you, which is now what I'm thinking about, either like a surfer, because you just get to travel with like nothing and be around lots of hot, shirtless people, or like, I don't know, maybe like football, because they make the most money and also hot, shirtless people. Okay. I would do curling. And honestly, if there was a sport that I thought you could pursue, even at this, at this, that wasn't even meant to be shady. That wasn't even meant to be shady. I was going to say at this stage in life, like you could, you could pick it up. This goes for everybody. Everybody listening, you could pick up curling tomorrow and like honestly probably go to the Olympics. I've never curled. I think I could do it professionally. Hey, I have a question. I have a question. Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm a guest on Love It or Leave It. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Ask me how I'm doing again. John, how are you doing? I'm fucking beside myself. I was worried that was what you were going to say. Who's the famous person you were most excited to see on a dating app? Oh, I feel like I, like, literally haven't seen famous people on a dating app. Like, people are always, like... John Mayer's on Raya. Someone said, yeah. <laughs> Confirmed here. I think they put John Mayer in front of people on Raya in the same way that in like Bugs Bunny cartoons, they put like a carrot on a string. Right. You know, to draw people in. They dangle it. Yeah. Now we are going to play the Kinsey scale of sports. And here that was, here's how okay. this works, Gus. We're going to put a sport on the screen okay. and you're going to have to decide on the Kinsey scale Basically, how gay it is. Right. Kinsey uh, six being as gay as it comes. Kinsey six as gay as it comes. What? Does it start at one or zero? Zero. I think. Zero. Okay. Zero is exclusively heterosexual. Six is exclusively homosexual. Let's start. What do we have first? Okay. First up, pickleball. <laughs> pickleball. Uh, <laughs> we have a lovely older couple. We do have a lovely older uh, couple. I'm good like, for curling, as Gus would say. They could, if they wanted to go to the Olympics, all I'm saying is they 
It's not too late. It's not too late. Um, Where would you want to put pickleball on the Kinsey scale? The thing is, I was going to say, like, even just the name pickle and balls sounds like very gay, but I feel like it's embarrassing. I don't want to take it exclusively homosexual for the community, so I'm going to put it right in the middle at equal. I think that's right. I think that's a really good point. Next up, baseball. I, I just, it feels so straight to me. I, it's such a straight sport. I agree. You it's, know? I mean, it's like it's America's pastime and so is homophobia. Yeah. And, and like that's I a really it a, important I put it point. at the zero. We put it at a zero. That's One, exclusively heterosexual. What is the name of the baseball player who later came out as gay but also invented the high five in the 70s? Oh, I don't Glenn know. Burke. Glenn Burke. So that's cool, but it's still he had it still was a straight. Okay, we'll sport. give it a point five. Give it a point five. We're giving it a point five for Glenn Burke, who invented the high five. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn, for everything that you did. It never ceases to amaze me that the high five is not something that you could find in like hieroglyphics, but in fact, no one had conceived of it until the seventies. I think that that's amazing. Could you believe that? Don't you think that's cool? When you think it had been around forever, it, you that people would, would think. do that, but actually, it was like it blew people's fucking minds. Yeah. They're like, the people saw someone do that and they were like, I need to do that all the time. Now, I want to know when forever. did they invent the like download too slow? Like what are the iterations of all of these things? Right. Download too slow. Where did that come from? That's like Apple. That's does, exclusively it's like, straight too. That's, that's like, like tricking children. It's like the <laughs> <laughs> download too slow is the Zune to the high fives iPod. You know I what I'm saying? I don't know what Zune is. God damn it. Gus Kenworthy. I was born in 2001. <laughs> okay. I wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> He wasn't. He remembers 9-11. You remember 9-11? I do. Next up. (laughs) Never forget, John. And we'll never forget it. We'll never forget it. Next up, we have ice dancing. Ice dancing is pretty exclusively homosexual. Yeah. Um, Is it a five? Is it a six? What do you think? I'm tempted to go six, but I I think think five. I think we need to leave room for something to be gay. Yeah. Uh, To wit, MMA cage fighting. What do you think? Honestly, I'm going to put it right there at Pickleball. It's like straights adore it. Yeah. But it's very gay. It's like you can see in it what you want, you know? It's like Mona Lisa's smile. They always say that. And they they always say that. Next up, women's soccer. Okay. Women's soccer? Women's soccer is so gay. Even the photo you posted is Is a lesbian Megan Rapinoe kiss. Yes. Um, I'm going to put it... Someone did it before I even said it, but I was going to say six. six. Women's soccer is... It's It's a six. It's just a Kinsey six. They're all gay. They're all gay. They're all dating each other. It's cool. They should make a show about it. Uh, I would watch. And we would watch it. Um, Next up, men's soccer. Honestly, I mean, it's still sort of lends to the stereotype or trope for lesbians that they're so tough, because they are, but... I would say that makes it exclusively homosexual, but for the same reason, the men, like, it's, like, it's so dramatic. They fall yes, in the field, they they're holding their shin, they're yes. looking for a red card. I'm like, girl, we all saw it. It didn't happen. Yeah. It's a six. It's a six. Wow. Okay. It's a really good point. It's, it's a very, really good it's point. It's very gay. It's a really good point. <laughs> Me putting soccer gayer than ice dancing. Um. <laughs> Next up, dressage. Six. Six. The name six. alone... Even though Anne Romney did it, even though Anne Romney was... Michelle Dressage. (laughs) (laughs) And the hilarious Ross Matthews. Um, Sorry, I'll stop. (laughs) Next up, it's a sport that I am uh, decrepit enough to maybe succeed in uh, that my unathletic aging form could potentially manage to heave a rock across ice without injuring myself. 
that I, I wouldn't like necessarily be humiliated by my failure to stand there. It's curling. We're talking about curling. I know. And the thing is, like, I feel like you're starting to see a future in it, which I love. <laughs> and I'm going to say, like I said before, anyone can do this. It's a three. It's right in the middle. It's for it everyone. Just... The comment wasn't just at you. I'm just like so owned by Gus Kenworthy. We <laughs> was just like, not how I thought this would go. We need to get you one of those like chain I... collars, the little lock. I just assumed I'd be able to outwit you. Because you're so handsome. Oh my God! You but I couldn't. Start. But I couldn't. I lost. I lost on the only field in which I had a chance to win. My home field. But look, honestly, I'm super competitive. Fuck. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> beach volleyball. Beach volleyball. <laughs> I mean, have, honestly, that Gun. like scene in Top Gun was probably pretty formative in me being gay. Yeah. Four. Four. We haven't used four yet. Yeah, we haven't used four. four. I agree. I I think it is four. There's there's um it's obviously quite gay, but really it also just exposes the way in which being a straight man in some sense means loving men in a way no gay person ever could. You know what I'm saying? That there's a quality of heterosexual straight guy to straight guy love, that way in which they only really see each other. That is a level of adoration that none of the rest of us can ever experience. You know what I'm saying? Honestly, I don't know if I followed it, but yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I agree. So, and finally, bowling. Well, uh, I would say that that's. One, I would say that's a two. Two. Yeah, it's I mostly agree. straight, but gays can get into it. If there isn't, there should be a gay bowling league. It must exist. I don't. People don't bowl anymore. I couldn't. I don't know where to go bowling. If I want. If I want to go bowling right now. Okay, I have Google. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Apparently a lot of places. There's a lot of bowling. <laughs> Any final thoughts or apologies or anything? Yeah. I want that girl to apologize for what she said about the uncut penises. I, the, honestly, the audio backstage was bad, so I don't even fully know if I understood what they were saying. And but... that wasn't an audio issue. Okay, okay. Um, and that's what I thought. It was genuinely and that's confusing. What I, thought. I was being generous. It was genuinely confusing. Because the thing about an uncircumcised penis is fool me once, shame on me, you know? Maybe it's because I'm gay, but I feel like I'm like, oh, twist, fun. Yeah. There's no, like, disappointment. Yeah. It's like, it's very rare to go to a restaurant and they do the thing where they have, like, the old-fashioned metal thing where they lift it up and reveal the food beneath. Take it away. <laughs> thank you so much, Gus. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Catch Gus on Fox's Special Forces every Wednesday night. And you can also see him in 80 for Brady. What is Brady? We're excited to learn. When we come back, Katrina Davis ventures into the darkest of the dating apps. And Gus will be back for the love wheel. Can't wait. That was so great. Thank you. That was really great. Wow, sports sure can be fun when you aren't forced to play them. We thought sports were to straights as award shows are to queers, but the Spike Guys Choice Award proved that analogy to be dead wrong. Here's Louis Vertel tackling the one award show he never saw coming. This Sunday is the 95th Annual Academy Awards. Here to slap me across the face for publicly insulting his beautiful wife, it's the one and only, the host of Keep It, it's Louis Vertel. Come on out, Louis. How you doing, Louis? I'm great. I just want to say, your Mitch McConnell impression before, did he have a Liverpool accent? What was going on there? It was Here's giving Ringo Starr. That's really nice of you to say. Uh, when I do an impression, it is literally just that. An yeah. impression. Oh, okay. And you don't know what you're going to get. You know who did a lot of impressions like that? Robin Williams. Like when he would do a little voice like this, like who were you imitating? Sometimes it was, it was just that, like that, voices. Yeah, they're just yeah. voices. Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah. 
It's just wherever the Coke takes you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is the Oscar controversy you personally care about the most this year? This year? Honestly, as just an obsessive viewer, not a writer on the telecast, just how we can possibly top the insanity of last year. I remember sitting there watching the Will Smith thing and just thinking, I've never seen anything like this before. And it's not like I really even cared to talk about it. I just, it's banked in my mind as this, there will never be another moment like this thing. So I don't know for better or for worse that we have to follow that up, but can we? I'm curious. So many things have become so routine and so kind of corporatized. Yes. You know, the mobsters don't own the casinos. The reward shows are pretty predictable. That really was a moment where like, it felt like from before these things were televised. Do you remember in the very early seasons of Drag Race, they really didn't remember they were on television oh, because yeah. they barely were. And so like, they really just like, winning this is what mattered. They wanted to destroy each other. They didn't think about the narrative. They didn't think about the story they were telling. I felt like it was from that time. I want to say something about early Drag Race too. Something that I think we're missing now is that in the early seasons, it was really like hardened queens who had just been out there at clubs, finally meeting up to like beat each other on television. And there was a real angst about that. And now they're all like nice and like, TikTok oriented. It's just like, I miss when there was just a resting, I'm 42 and I've had it energy about Drag Race. I think that's right. I think that's right. Do you think a mob is going to storm the stage when Andrea Riseborough wins for To Leslie? I'm going to be a part of the mob, supportively. <laughs> that's my Jan 6 moment. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah Did you guys like, see To Leslie? No one saw To Leslie. I know, I know. It's like 11 people altogether saw it, including like me. That's it. She really is amazing in it. Like, she was always in my top five for the season. So it doesn't feel crazy to me that she's in the final five lineup. That said, she's been very scarcely seen this award season, and I think that's on purpose. Yeah, it's the sort of thing like, I got the nomination. I probably shouldn't press my luck. Yeah, right. People, you know, <laughs> don't draw the evil eye. Can you explain the Michelle Yeoh Instagram controversy and how we should feel about it? Sure. So somebody on her team may have been Michelle Yeoh posted an article that said a lot of things, mostly just in support of her performance, but it also said, you know, there's only been one actress of color to win uh, Best Actress Ever. But it's been 20 years since that happened. That was Halle Berry. That was 20 years ago? God yes. damn it, we no, are getting fucking old. We're quite old. Jesus, quite old. I was an adult. Keep going. Forget it. Forget it. Keep moving. But the gist of the article could be seen as, you know, saying don't vote for Kate Blanchett or whatever, like anti Kate Blanchett a little bit. And so people wondered if it was against the rules, basically. And of course, those are like gray areas with Academy voting anyway. So she took it down. But people were mad at her for, you know, because it was like the last day of Oscar voting, too. So it could have swayed people in her favor, et cetera. Um, hey, do you have any more questions about how Brendan Fraser became fat? Are you interested in any more dialogue about that? I've only seen hundreds of hours of <laughs> oh, yeah. commentary about it. Yeah, I remember the movie Shallow Hell. I'm not surprised we can still pull it off. No. Lewis. Yes. The world knows you have a compendium of Oscar knowledge. Yes. Wisdom we've tested right here on this very stage. But we're going to put you to the test. Okay. It wasn't enough to quiz you on this year's awards or past year's awards. We took a step back in our size too small Christian Louboutins, <laughs> which the stylist made us wear but neglected to mention we're so tight. Lewis, <laughs> you are now about to take not only Oscars trivia, okay. but trivia about Spike TV's Guy's Choice Awards. Oh, Jesus. Viacom's celebration of all things Guy that ran, if you can really believe it, from 2007 all the way to 2016, as if Spike TV saw the nation elect the Guy's president and said, we should probably stop. <laughs> We've done enough. Which is why we're calling today's quiz Men on the Oscars or the Oscars for Men. Oh my gosh. 
Can I call Glad? Oh my God, this feels violent. Kate Blanchett is the only Oscar winner among this year's crop of Best Actress nominees. What films did she previously win for? Just Kate Blanchett's win. So she won for The Aviator and Blue Jasmine. Wow. Correct. That's not a wow. Wait for it. Well, yeah. let's, let's, let's... I can name all her nominations. Okay. Two people have Nobel Prizes and Oscars. Who are they? George Bernard Shaw. Correct. And uh, is the other one... It's not Ken Lamar. Who's the other one? We could add this year Ishiguro, who's nominated for a living, but that's not who you're talking about. And they have... Yeah, nope. That's and the other about. one is a Nobel Prize winner. Mm, it's not Pearl S. Buck, is it? No. Who, who's the other one? Uh, singer. Oh, Bob Dylan, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes yeah. A Nobel. Yeah, you wrote songs. Yeah. <laughs> Seems a little cheap, ultimately, right? Could they find someone people might not know a lot about and lift up incredible work that might be a bit more esoteric? Sure, they could. Or you can give Bob Dylan the award. Right. Did he even go? I don't even know that he went. Which of the following was not a category at any installment of the Guy Awards? Oh, God. Okay. Was it A, naughtiest cyber vixen? B, hot and smart, the ultimate package. C, Jean-Claude Goddamn. Or D, hotter in hell. You're saying only one of those is fictional. Only one of those is fictional. Three of them are real. Man, I just can't imagine Jean-Claude Van Damme would be much of a player culturally during that time. So I'm going to say that one. No, incorrect. It was hot and smart. (laughs) They only cared about half of that. I just want to say that it's rare that two things are a complete package anyway. I should have seen through that. It should be a triple threat. (laughs) <laughs> like short <laughs> can you name the five Irish actors nominated for awards this year and can you say all of them in an Irish accent oh god <laughs> I will spare them that unfortunately um, so you got your Colin Farrell correct Carrie Condon yep Brendan Gleeson correct Barry Keoghan uh huh and Paul Meskell wow yeah <laughs> Judd Hirsch now has the record for the longest period between Oscar nominations how mm-hmm. many years has it been since his last nomination. Okay, so he's nominated this year for a very small part in The Fablemans, and his last was for one of my favorite best picture wins of all time, Ordinary People in 1980, in the 81 ceremony. Fucking correct. (laughs) That's another thing, that it was an Oscar for 80 in the 81 ceremony. It's a huge thing in Oscar trivia when they're asking the question, if they say the year, that's the year of the ceremony, I'm like, oh, this is amateur hour, I have to leave. I know. the year of the movie. Yeah, right. It's the year of the Mm -hmm. fucking movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Who did Mickey Rourke beat in 2009 for Guy of the Year? Woof. He had that much of a moment with the wrestler that they're like, he's the Guy of the Year. No other men qualified. Well, several other competed, but only one could win. Who did Mickey Rourke beat in 2009 for Guy of the Year? I'm going to go with Barack Obama. Correct. (laughs) That that is correct. Spike TV (laughs) awarded Guy of the Year to (laughs) Mickey To Mickey Rourke over Barack Obama. <laughs> One, a sensitive portrayal of a wrestler at the end of his career. The other, the first black president in American history. Todd Field is nominated this year for Best Original Screenplay for Tar. Yes. He was previously nominated twice for Best Adapted Screenplay. What are those films? Well, Todd Field has only made three movies, so... The other two are In the Bedroom and Little Children. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Which Fucking both of nuts. those are amazing. If you're not up on Todd Field's work, it takes you only six hours to see it all. So, <laughs> Only three films have ever swept Best Picture, Director, Actress, Actor, and Screenplay. Can you name the three? Uh, it Happened One Night. Correct. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Correct. And... Love watching the fucking neurons synapses firing. Wait, that's it. 
No. I believe you more than this card, but yeah. this card says there's one more movie. Hold on. Mm, actor, actress. I don't think there is. What is it? That's a confident one. What if I told Oh, Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. I forgot that. Is yeah, it, yeah. Does it count? Is it real? Yes. It yeah, is, yes. we did it. Yes. Yes. Who I was, was like, was it really a screenplay? Yes. Who was honored in 2008 for a decade of hotness? And you're not going to believe this. The illustrious Decade of Hotness Award. Was it A, Decade of Hotness Drew Barrymore, hmm. B, Decade of Hotness Cameron Diaz, C, Decade of Hotness Penelope Cruz, or D, Decade of Hotness Olivia Munn? A decade would be a little long for Olivia Munn, so I'm going to vote her out. What was the second one? Cameron Diaz. I think it's Cameron Correct. Diaz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bringing the same correctness to the guys' wards. Cameron Diaz is so synonymous with the early 2000s. Like, the entire reason we believed in low-rise jeans is because of Cameron Diaz. Yeah. That's right. Single-handedly. That's right. She, she hurt a lot of people. Across this year's... <laughs> Across this year's acting categories, only four performers have been previously nominated for an Oscar. Angela right. Bassett and Michelle Williams are two. Who are the others? Kate Blanchett uh-huh. and Judd Hirsch. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the last honoree in the Oscars in memoriam reel in 2017? Ooh. There's not a trick to this. They weren't no. secretly alive or something. No. Um, <laughs> do I get a hint on this one? You're our only hope. Oh, Carrie Fisher? Yeah. I actually, I'm surprised it's not older than that. Which two people were pitted against each other during the 2009 Best Bush matchup? Holy shit. Oh, oh, the Bush twins. You're on the right track. Oh. It was Will Ferrell and Josh Brolin. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and finally. Okay. Which of these is not a category that was once used at Spike Guy Choice Awards? All right. A... Best girl-on-girl scene. B, hottest twins. C, historical wood hit. Or D, porn again. That's right. Three of those are real. Yes. Which one is fake? I want to be clear. The fourth one is porn again. Like born again. Yes. Like porn again. As in they did porn once and then they decided to do it a second time. Or maybe they were doing porn, then left porn, then returned to it. What was the second one? Hottest twins. I'm going to go with that. No, it was historical wood hit. <laughs> but you know, it's just for fun. 1956, Best Supporting Actress. Oh, Dorothy Malone and Written on the Wind. 19- yeah. 1991, Best Director. Jonathan Demme for Science of the Lambs. 1987, Best Supporting Actor. It should have been Vincent Gardinia for Moonstruck, but it was Sean Connery in The Untouchables. 1972, Best Adapted Screenplay. Mm, that's t- uh, The Godfather. Thank you so much, Lewis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go listen to Keep It and go watch Jimmy Kimmel. And if you laugh at a joke on Oscar Sunday. Oh, yes, I'm writing on this Oscars, so you have to laugh no matter what. You've encouraged it tonight. So when we come back, get off the tracks. An old timey villain is here. Don't go anywhere. This is Love It or Leave It, and there's more on the way. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something I need to get off my chest? What is your outlet for working through the things that stress you out? Oh man, you know... I don't know. Pushing it down. <laughs> Pushing it all the way down. Getting it real down deep in there. Squish it. Squishing it. Squishing it real tight. Fighting through it. <laughs> Gotta fight through it. 
<laughs> Skinny jeans are for dads. Fight it. You fight it. You push it down. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. <laughs> when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Not me. Not me. I'm running on rails. <laughs> Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Uh, I said to my therapist just yesterday, I just feel like I don't have the 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 attention span right now to focus on some of these longer term issues. And she's mm. like, you found a way to say that every session for the past five years. <laughs> if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest. With BetterHelp, everybody needs therapy. You need therapy, I need therapy, Tommy needs therapy. Mm. We all need therapy. Mm -hmm. Visit betterhelp.com slash love it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love it. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. What a collection of despicable award show categories. A not-despicable collection? Merch. The Crooked Store's whole collection of Pride merch to help you celebrate and fight back against the total freaks obsessed with what we wear and where we put it. The collection has everything from tees to bags, so you can stock up. I'm not going to tell you how to celebrate Pride, but I will say that if you don't ruin at least one article of clothing, you could probably be doing more. So grab an extra tee. Plus, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to Vote Save America's Fuck Bands Fund, and you know what it does. It supports organizations on the ground fighting in states that are banning care and targeting trans youth. You get the thrill of supporting organizers combined with the thrill of buying something online. It's win-win. Head to crooked.com slash store to check out the whole Pride collection. Also, a reminder, Love It or Leave It will be kicking off the Errors Tour in San Francisco at the Palace of Fine Arts on June 22nd and June 23rd. Join me in a great lineup of guests, including Chris Fleming, Casey Newton, Dylan McKeever, Adam Savage, and more. We have two amazing shows lined up. One is sold out, but there's still some tickets for the other. Head to crooked.com slash events to get your tickets today. And uh, they're going fast for a bunch of these shows, so don't wait because uh, some of them are pretty close to selling out. Sometimes being gay is thinking long and hard about the most pressing ethical conundrums of the day. And that's exactly what I did with Brendan Scannell and Robin Tran. The world is full of ethical conundrums. Is it morally wrong to laugh at Marjorie Taylor Greene's call for a national divorce, knowing she herself is currently getting a divorce? Is it wrong to invent deep fake technology that can kind of simulate the president's voice, knowing that someone will use it to have Biden say, call Vladimir Putin a six-foot-tall cabbage patch doll with a baby's chin? Is it morally acceptable to edit the unsavory bits out of Roll Doll books? Wait a minute. Okay, we're going to do that in every other segment. But first, <laughs> here to tackle some other tough questions, welcome to the stage the hilarious Robin Tran and the wonderful Brendan Scannell. Hi, come on out. Hi, Great John. to see you both. Hi, 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 hi. Hi. How's it going? What's happening? First of all, Robin, welcome. Thank you. Um, hi, everyone. Hi. Thank you. Um, do you consider yourself to be an ethical person? Do I consider myself to be an ethical person? Yeah. No, I mean, not really. I mean, I try. I mean, I, I, I like to. I'm ethical, but mean, I guess. Sure. 
Um, I think that's cool. Yeah. Do you? Well, it's interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, and thank you for the question. Thank you for the question. Get him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I'm getting suspicious here. I do think as long as you don't think you need manners to be ethical, I'm doing great. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, you're ethical but rude. I'm definitely rude at a kind of deep and fundamental level. Yeah. Something I'm working on. Yeah, you really eased into it. You think you're an ethical person? It's the first time we've ever talked to each other. Do you think you're an ethical person? <laughs> it's like, oh, um, uh, yes. I, yes. Well, <laughs> um, didn't ask me. Doesn't seem very ethical. He knows. That. He knows the answer. Oh, sorry. Do you consider yourself to be an ethical person? Uh, I do. Yeah. Oh, I should have just said that. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I'm an ethical person. I really don't like to lie. You know, gay. Spent my whole adolescence yes. lying. It scares me to lie. So I try to be really honest at all times. Honest Abe. That's what they call me. <laughs> that's where that nickname comes that's from. That's where it came from. <laughs> It says here, do you guys know Brian? What? Who? <laughs> this segment was his idea. These oh, look yeah. like, these sound like trick questions. Well, here's, do you think it's ethical, do you think it's ethical to hold him accountable if this segment doesn't work? No. <laughs> I think that you are held accountable, right? It's your show, right? Is it, doesn't the buck That's stop probably, with you? I think it's That's not, a good point. it's ethical to tell someone they're doing a bad job if they're doing a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Are you familiar with the New York Times column, The Ethicist? Yes. yes. Uh, producer Brian is. And every week, the NYU philosophy professor Kwame Anthony Appiah tackles some of the weirdest, most heartbreaking questions ever submitted to the gray lady. He's got training, but we've got something even more important. Time to fill. Uh, <laughs> are you ready to put your ethical hats on? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. And uh, keep in mind, you did buy those hats secondhand to avoid contributing to fast fashion. <laughs> Ethically. What? <laughs> No, that's a really good point. <laughs> All right. These are ethical questions that the ethicists tackled, but we're going to tackle them instead. All right, Brennan, you'll go first. <laughs> um, that's great. Um, for those at home, I'm holding the lever in the trolley problem. It looks like you're holding a plunger. <laughs> I'm holding a plunger in the trolley problem. <laughs> I'm dealing with a separate problem. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I accidentally clogged a toilet, and I'm not even, it's not even my home. I'm a guest. It looks like. And I look out my window, and it's like, oh my God, that trolley is either going to hit five people or one person. <laughs> it looks like you're going to use it as a weapon to kill all the people on the tracks, actually. It's a visual joke. You'll, uh, you'll go home and it you'll does look it like it. It'll play in the pod. <laughs> It'll play. It'll play. It'll crush. All right. All right, Robin Brennan, here we go. Someone lonely considers me a friend. Should I stay in his life? I pretend to like him, but I don't find spending time with him enjoyable. He's depressed and difficult. Is it wrong to be a fake pal? The other option is this motherfucker has literally zero friends help. You got to cut this guy loose. I'm telling you, you are taking up space in his life by pretending to be his friend. Ghost him. Stop going to the potlucks. Don't do the coffees. Don't go to the concert. And allow him to find somebody else who he actually connects with. I think it's really good. It's very really ethical. Good point. I think it was very ethical. It's how I have <laughs> the most ethical thing I've ever heard. Most of my friends from college. This <laughs> mentality. That's really smart. That's really smart. You be, you're okay with ghosting, or you're not doing friend breakups. I've done that LA thing where if I get a text from somebody that I haven't talked to in a while, I just go, "The universe doesn't need this." <laughs> <laughs> I texted you. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you texted me yesterday to do the show today because somebody else dropped out. <laughs> Hey, give it a... <laughs> <Give> it a... <laughs> I don't know how ethical that was. 
<laughs> Robin, what do you think? I think you should like quiet, quit the friendship. Just, just get like out. take longer to respond. Oh, I'm so busy, and you know, that. just slow it down. Slow it down. Just slow yeah. it down, but not ghost. It slowly ghosts more. <laughs> like just, just like get them accustomed to it takes a while to respond and stuff, you know. Yeah, and then like it's like like you're slowly going transparent, like you're in the Back yeah. to the Future photo. Yeah. yeah, you'll never ghost, but at some point you're gone. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. There needs to be a name for that style of slow ghosting. Just being a piece of shit. Oh, can we curse on this? <laughs> I don't you know. know. <laughs> the slow ghost. It's called gaslighting. Yeah, Gas- that's the <laughs> word you're looking for. All right, next question. Am I obligated to look after my insufferable mother? <laughs> On the one hand, she has a mental illness that she has never been able to accept. On the other hand, she has been emotionally abusive my entire life. Back on the first hand, she is a hoarder. On the second hand, neither me nor my sister can stand to have her move in with us and our families. Help. No, no obligation. <laughs> nope, no? not, none at all. First of all, I didn't choose to be born. You had me. And uh, I, my obligation with you is over, you know? I think that a lot of shows in the 90s had, like, the love your family no matter what trope. And I think it was, like, baby boomers writing this to, like, gaslight people into loving them without deserving it at all. And um, I don't believe in sticking around with biological family if they're crappy or friends if they're crappy. You know, I think it's chosen family is better. I'm pro-choice, even when it comes to... Um, by the way, I would cut her out even if she was nice, if whoever's asking. If you, don't, if you don't like her, just cut her out. I don't know what's the issue. I feel like I'm going to say yes, you do have to take care of your mom even if she sucks, and you should, especially if she has a mental illness that you, as maybe like an armchair psychiatrist, believe that she has. Like, I'm sorry... You were the only thing potentially preventing your mother from either dying alone or dying on the streets. It's time to step up. Wow. Wow. And controversial in the house. These people have all kicked their mothers to the fucking curb. (laughs) These people have been ignoring their bipolar siblings. These people have been not responding to their friends from college texts. He's talking about me, actually. This is me. He's actually describing me. I wow. think I just triggered myself. I'm I sorry. T- <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Eminem's lead. Eminem didn't like his mom, and I grew up with Eminem. Eminem is... Yeah, and she sued him twice. <laughs> she did. <laughs> for libel. <laughs> what? Eminem's mom sued Eminem for libel? Like, for like $10 million, yeah. Oh, that's a good move. That's a good move. Get a settlement. Who wants to make that go away? <laughs> you know? But clearly not a great mom. No, not a great That's mom. not a great mom move, suing your yeah. kids. It was actually Eminem famously. who wrote it in the question. Yeah, that's what Eight Mile Two was going to be about. It was going to be like a Sorkin esque. It was going to be a Sorkin esque legal drama. Sixteen Mile. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two Eight Mile Two Furious. <laughs> All right. Next up. Long ago, I bought a human skull. What should I do with it? I purchased it in the 1970s through a medical supply company. Wanting to know its source, I had to test it. The lab couldn't pull any DNA to prove its origin, but with the advancement of DNA technology, I feel like they could in the future. My children do not want to inherit it, and it seems terrible to throw it away. Help. That's an interesting one. We all have a cabinet or a drawer or a box or a closet in our home that is the one where we gave up. That, yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like when you know when you move into a new place and you unpack and you do a great job and you get the things up on the wall, but then there's just a stack of things that are the last things and you never touch them. Yeah. You never get to them. They're yeah. just the, that's those are the things you didn't finish unpacking. 
Now imagine there's a skull in there. <laughs> Robin, what do you do? I think he should take the skull, go to the police department, and turn himself in for being a sociopath. <laughs> That's my answer. Yeah. I don't want to know this person. Quiet, quit this friendship with this person. Yikes, man. Yeah, tough thing friend. to find in the medicine cabinet yeah. when you're snooping, you know? Yeah, right. Brendan, what would you do with the skull? Now with these like modern 23andMe type things, my fear is that you would take this skull in and you would learn that this skull was like part of some larger murder mystery. And then next thing you know, bam, you're being interviewed for some stupid Netflix documentary. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, bam, someone's outside your house because they're a super fan and then they murder you. And so I'm anti-murder pod i'm anti-murder documentary and so i think what you do is you just give it a good stomp (laughs) (laughs) i think i really appreciate that i think i put this skull in the category of don't ask a question you don't want to know the answer to you know what i mean what are you gonna find ethical to yourself in your own time yeah that's true respect yourself (laughs) hey hey (laughs) put that thing in the fucking garbage compost it it's right and it goes right in the loamy the next thing you know, you're going to be like one of those memes, like the guy from the Firefest documentary who told everyone that he sucked dick in exchange for water. And then all this thing, you're on Twitter, it's your face, and people being like, that feeling when I, and it's you when you find out the skull you've had for 20 years as a murderer. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's like, it's Jimmy Huffa's skull. People are asking you what, what you'll do a blowjob for. It's like, you don't need it. You don't need it. I do think you should do like a video saying goodbye, like you put on the Green Day song, you know, and then you do a photo shoot. The one. <laughs> well, the one you play, the one that they play at the end of like high school dances, good riddance, parentheses, time of your point. life. Yeah. And, the, uh, and then I would throw it in the garbage. Okay, next. <laughs> my cousin, who is a paramedic in our town, told me my good, fr- oh, I know this one. This is the best one. This honestly set off quite a little debate at Crooked. My cousin, who is a paramedic in our town, told me my good friend's brother didn't actually die by suicide, which is what the family believes, but rather of autoerotic asphyxiation. My friend is understandably deep and broken up about their brother's inexplicable suicide, which they have always believed was a suicide for many years. He has now come to find out it wasn't a suicide at all, but it's information he isn't supposed to have because it was passed on illicitly by someone who should have protected the privacy of the person who ultimately died of autoerotic asphyxiation. You know... You're not supposed to know. The family believes their loved one died of suicide. Do you tell them? Yes. I love that. I love that. Who the fuck do you think you are? (laughs) You die with that information. Like a good Irish Catholic. (laughs) You think you don't tell them? No, Robin, what do you think? I don't think that you tell them with your own voice. You, you like yeah. call like you know with a little like you get like oh, oh I see <laughs> I have information with you, you get like AI Meryl Street yeah. AI Meryl Street yeah, tells yeah. them but I, I I think I would be relieved that the person just wanted to come super hard <laughs> rather than they're depressed or something you know I, that would make me happy like you know oh okay I see yeah, that so yeah. you're basically saying like it was an accident yeah. you didn't do anything wrong he yeah. just had a wank yeah. He just had a wank. He was actually really cool, you know, the way... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. You asked me if I'm ethical, and I said no. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing. It's like two competing... I think it's like, which ethical value do you care about more? One, 
the ethic of medical privacy in general, or two, uh, the ethic of giving people information that would assuage their terrible feelings. I, and I think in this case, you have you should tell them. That's I, my feeling. I, I just don't care about medical privacy at all. <laughs> I didn't know that we were supposed to care about that. I tell everyone what pills I take and stuff. Is that something that's against the law? All right, well. <laughs> I mean, I told the newspaper what medications my mom was on. I didn't know I was supposed to do that. <laughs> no, what? I think that's cool. We're getting a really good sense of your relationship there what what <laughs> newspaper what newspaper what newspaper it's a long story <laughs> um, yeah because i think that like your point that like it was cool it was just a wank uh, it's like the reason it was so secretive is because there was, as if there was something shameful that happened, but really it was just an accident with some sexual shame on top. Yeah, and it's well, just like it was stupid. Well, it's like if you if you <laughs> can we not say that? Of course, that's it's stupid. Stu- well, yeah, I, I don't think it's smart. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but no, but if like if, if this person fell off a bicycle, but it looked like they had taken their own life, you'd be like, oh, of course, tell them. Let's say you trip, you fell off a bicycle on a bridge. So you fell off a you bicycle got, and then you came? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking too. There's a, just a puddle of cum. That's what I was thinking I am, too. I am saying separately in a story and without the fucking masturbating that someone's on a bike, they trip, they fly off a bridge. This family here thinks it's suicide because somebody steals the bike. I don't know. I'm inventing a fucking thing. And then... What are they doing? Well, oh would, and then it would, there would be no question. Of course they'd want to know. Later they found footage or something. Of course you'd tell them because there's nothing shameful about falling off a bike. But in our fucking Puritan society, there's mm. something shameful about dying while, you know... Uh, 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 you can't even say it. <laughs> masturbating. Masturbating. I could say masturbating. I just was trying to think of something fun. But I didn't have anything because I just wank is really masturbating stuck. is very wank fun. cleared out the brain space. <laughs> Let's do one more. Should I let my brother know he was adopted? Our parents are elderly and not long for this world. I mean, if you don't like your brother, you should like find a time to tell him where it really hurt his feelings. <laughs> like I'm just picturing like I don't like my family very much, so I'm like I would like save it for like an argument. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's that's that's. And I, look, and I, I just for anyone listening, if you're listening to this, I think you've raised such a really important point. And Did look, I? I? Look, this is yeah, this is, and look, this is a show. We take pride in being a place uh, like a queer space. And as three <laughs> queer people on stage, we just want if you're listening at home and you're in the closet, just know the best and smartest way to tell people you're gay is in the heat of an argument. <laughs> That's when you want to do it. Use it as a weapon. Shock people. Yeah. Upset people. The older and more Christian, the better. Thank you. Yeah. Um, just reminded me I wanted to say that. I was meant Actually, to say that today. I, I'm not fucking gay, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. I said. I, <laughs> okay. All right. That's how you want to do this? We, <laughs> that's how you want this to go? Are we telling them they're adopted or not? I ain't touching this one. Um, <laughs> sometimes I feel like if you're writing into the New York Times with this type of information, I'm just like, get a life. Or like, and that's the most important thing. <laughs> figure point. it out yourself. Talk to a therapist. I don't know this one. What do you guys think? Interesting. I, here's I, I, 20. Oh, yeah, steal their blood. The, uh, <laughs> I, here's my feeling on this. 
inherent in this question is the idea that there's anything at all wrong with being adopted. I, I actually, there's yeah, nothing. I, it's not a. It's a not a bad thing. At I actually all. would be like stoked if I was adopted. It's like, oh, you guys chose to have me. I feel like <laughs> it's okay. I, you have to have a sense of what the brother, how it would affect the brother. You know, if the truth of that would be good for them, right? Yeah, well, like he does wear the brother. I should add that the brother wears a sweatshirt that says "Love my Italian DNA." Right. <laughs> he wears it. It just says "Vava Voom." <laughs> Coming at your Italian several times tonight. Hold me accountable. <laughs> Capiche? <laughs> and on that note, check out Robin on That's My Time with David Letterman. I've watched it. It's a great episode. Everybody should check that out. And for Brendan's plug, he'd like you to know he's a fan of mine. <laughs> Hey, everybody, stop emailing us about the skull. Anyway, here it is, the high note. Hey, love it. It's Eve in Seattle. And my high note is getting to see Joni Mitchell perform with Brandy Carlisle and a bunch of other amazing musicians this weekend. Joni's been my favorite singer-songwriter for as long as I can remember. So this concert was extra special and unforgettable. Uh, my bonus high note is listening to your interview with Hillary Clinton on Pod Save America this week. Thanks for everything you do. Hey, love it. This is Monica Samantha, and my high note for the week is the library staff and community who came together last weekend to overpower what was supposed to be a rally against the library's drag story hour events. Supporters outnumbered protesters 20 to 1 in full admiration and love and unyielding support. The Drag Story Hour events are happening this weekend as planned because we would have never canceled them. So happy Pride, everyone, and love it, my sister, who got me hooked on Crooked. And I will see you in SF for the Thursday show. We never miss it. Thanks. Bye. Hey, love it. This is Katie in Livingston, Montana. My husband and I, we actually just moved here about two months ago. Before that, we were full-time RVers for several years. And before that, we lived in D.C. for a long time. The very first day we moved here, my husband went to a rally in support of trans rights. And that led to him getting invited to a progressive potluck, which led to him getting invited to a rally in support of Drag Story Hour, which led to him getting invited to the county political organization. He actually just got elected to lead the county democratic organization, which is super exciting. Uh, even though we're new to Montana, they were thrilled to have somebody with so much passion and energy who was committed to turning Park County blue. And allegedly, all we need is 800 votes to do it. So Max and I, we listen to your podcast on all of our long drives. We always listen together. And I just want to tell him I love him. I'm proud of him. He's going to do a great job, and he's fighting the good fight. Thanks. Bye. Hi, love it. I'm Heather from New Jersey, and my high note for this week is that my five-year-old daughter, who is a soon-to-be pre-K graduate, has her first wiggly tooth. She discovered a few mornings ago, and after initially feeling really nervous about the prospect of losing a tooth, is now feeling very excited. And for me, it's a reminder to try to celebrate the simple moments of wonder and joy as we continue to navigate this seemingly endless cycle of bad news and policy enactment. Thanks to you and everyone at Crooked for helping me to laugh, stay informed, and remain engaged when things feel really hard. 
Thanks to everybody who sent in a high note tonight. If you want to leave us a message about something that gave you hope, you can call us at 323-538-2377. That is our clip show. Thank you so much to Will Rollins, Matt Rogers, Gus Kenworthy, Louis Vertel, Robin Tran, and Brendan Scannell. There are 507 days until the 2024 elections. Have a great Pride and see you in San Francisco. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett, and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our executive producer. Brian Semmel is our producer. And Malcolm Whitfield is our associate producer. Howie Keeper is our head writer. Sarah Lazarus, Jocelyn Kaufman, Polvi Gunalan, Peter Miller, Rebecca Kaplan, Alan Pierre, Chandler Dean are our writers. Bill Lance is our editor. Stephen Colon is our audio engineer. And Kyle Seglin provides audio support. Our theme song is written and performed by Sure Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Caroline Haywood, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And to our digital producers, Zuri Irvin, David Tolls, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroote for filming and editing video each week so you can. You can find those glorious videos at www.youtube.com slash at loveitorleaveitpodcast. That's the best we could do, I guess. Subscribe to Love It or Leave It on YouTube for access to video versions of your favorite segments and other exclusive content. Don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on IG and Twitter. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.